0: to be serving God, you know, Jesus said, and I know you all know this because you're Bible scholars, but the Bible says in John chapter eight, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. It will make you free. It will strengthen you. It will change your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is the greatest message that we could ever have. And we have the opportunity to be able to tell the good news to the world all around us, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. God never changes. He never changes because he loves us, right? His love never changes. And the Bible tells us, 1 John 4, that perfect love casts out all fear. Why? Because fear has torment. Right? And there's a lot of precious people that are right now, this day, they're being tormented because they don't know where to turn. They've heard a lot of things about God, but they don't know the truth about God. They don't know the truth. And that's why we, as His disciples, if we continue, it not only sets us free, but it sets those free around us when we preach the glorious liberty of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want you to stand here just for a moment, and we want to pray for our country. Amen. Because our president has asked, we always have the National Day of Prayer comes the, the first part of May, so it's a little early this year, but I want you to join with me in prayer here as we lift up this nation, the leaders of this nation, right? Because especially when somebody asks for prayer, now we're told we're supposed to pray for leaders. You know, that's the first thing we're supposed to do. but And we should do that, amen. But especially it's true when they want prayer. Because not everybody asks for prayer. But you know, our country needs wisdom. They need help. They need direction. The leaders, Right as well as, you know, all around the world. But let's go to the Lord right now and pray for them. Heavenly Father, we do thank you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you. We as believers come into this place, and we thank you we have the privilege to do that. And Lord, we ask today, Father, even, Father, as we know, you said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But Lord, we know today that, Father, in our nation and around the world, that The leaders do need our prayers. And so, Lord, we ask you to give them wisdom. We ask you to give them knowledge and understanding, insight into knowing what to do and how to do it. We thank you, Father God, for all the helpers, all the assistants, all the cabinet members, all the people in the different organizations, Father, that govern our society, our country, down to the state and local levels, that they would have wisdom, That, Lord, not a one of them, Father God, would do things out of fear, and that we bind the spirit of fear, and we break its power to try to control this nation, and, Lord, sink the economy, uh, sink faith in God, and, Lord, we ask today, Father God, for a fresh quickening of the Holy Ghost. In the inside of every one of our leaders, from the president on down. We ask, Father God, that every one of them, Father God, would be motivated by the spirit of faith. That, Father, you would bring and raise up Holy Ghost people, laborers around them, to be able to preach the good news, to look to the Lord, to help, and that, Father God, no matter what crises seems to be uh, abroad, that we know where our refuge is as Christians. And Lord God, we thank you today that every place round about this world that Jesus would be lifted up, that he would be looked to, and that Father God, this would quickly pass and that Father God, we would be able to get back to the focus, Father God, that we need to be on in many of these different areas in our nation and around the world. Now, Father God, we thank you as you are already been intervening and are continuing to intervene we thank you father god that our prayers are availing and we know father god that as we as believers pray that you hear and you have been hearing even as many 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 not just in here but around the country and around the world have been praying and asking as they've been asking for their leaders father god to be blessed and lord you said the end result of praying for our leaders was having a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness. And Father, we thank you for that peace that surpasses all understanding, that keeps and guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, and that, Lord God, we in these last days have nothing to be afraid of. Father God, and we are so thankful and grateful for that in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone that agreed with that said, Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Now, I know that many of you have already been praying, and one thing we want to do too is, uh, most of you know Brother Sam Swag. He's over in New Zealand, and uh, he's coming back. Actually, well, I don't. I'm not all up on the time. He's. I've talked to him a couple times since he's been over there, having wonderful meetings. But uh, let's 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 thank the Lord while we're praying that he's going to be able to get back here safe, right? Now, Lord, we're our brother. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit. We thank you for the angels working. We thank you for supernatural favor. And we thank you, Father God, even as he's been a faithful servant, Father God, ministering by the power of the Holy Ghost your word to those precious people halfway around the world, that Lord God, even as you protect him, we thank you, Father God, for bringing him back safely, and Father God, for, with supernatural favor, and that, Father God, you make all the crooked ways straight. And Lord, we thank you as we agree with our brother concerning that, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Because, uh, you know, most in the natural, uh, you know, there's different lights that are being shut down and different things like that. Well, one thing is sometimes we can assume certain things, but we don't actually pray about certain things. And we need to pray, amen? And believe God, glory to God. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> that is exciting to know that we have a prayer answering God. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. So today, just of course, we should be praying for our nation every day, really. Not just, you know, when the National Day of Prayer, but... But especially when our leaders do ask for it, that's always joy to to be able to do it then too. Amen. But I want to look uh, briefly here through the announcements and of course, uh, regular service times. I'm not going to get into it today, but speaking of the last days, and uh, you don't mind me just taking a few minutes, do you? Well, I was going to take it anyway, (laughs) but anyway, this is all good. We can have fun in church, can't we? Because I'll tell you what, we haven't seen anything yet with what we're going to see as a harvest come in and reaching people and making an impact in this community out of this church right here. I can speak for what we're going to do with the help of the Lord to the glory of God. Amen? Because that's what God wants us to do. And if you didn't even like souls and you weren't even interested in them, you wouldn't be here anyway. But anyway, I'm not going to get into all this today, but Dad Hagan, mo- most of you know, he's... By, you know, spiritual father. But in this book, I Believe in Visions, um, he tells about all the different visions he had. And uh, I, this part I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't going to get into today, but I had the book with me just in case, because I've been musing about some of the things that we see coming on the world. And this all, this, this August, it's going to be 70 years ago that he had this vision where he was caught up to the throne of God, where the Lord revealed to him as one, not just the only one, but revealed to him about the last days and about what was going to happen in the last days. But I want to read a a short excerpt here in this first vision, because he had several visions and they're in this book, I believe in visions. And if you don't have this book, I'd encourage you to get it because it's very apropos, and it's so powerful. This is really, this was the first book that I read, and this isn't the original one I had. The original one was a little blue one, if if some of you remember that. I don't know if there's anybody here who had that. But so he's in this tent meeting, and he hears this man say, he hears this voice say, come up hither, come up hither. And he thinks they're praying in this tent, and it's raining outside, and he thinks that it's some kids just playing around and messing around. And he's being bothered in his prayer time here, you know, under that tent. And so he's not paying any attention to it. So finally, this voice saying, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. He looked up and Jesus was at the top of the tent. He was at the top of the tent. And uh, so he went up there and, and stood with him. Now there's different parts of this same visitation that he had. He came back there and then he had a visitation and where he saw this, you know, he was on a high plane. We'll get into that here in the days ahead, but this is about the last days and different things. But this is the part here that I wanted to share with you. So this, come up hither, the voice said again, he said, I looked up and I saw Jesus standing about where the top of the tent would be. As I looked up again and the tent had disappeared, the folding chairs had disappeared, every tent pole had disappeared, the pulpit had disappeared, and God permitted me to see into the spirit world. Or spirit realm. Jesus was standing there and I stood in his presence. He was holding a crown in his hands. This is what I want to get to. He was holding a crown in his hands. This crown was so extraordinarily beautiful that human language cannot begin to describe it. Jesus told me, this is a soul winner's crown. My people are so careless and indifferent. This crown is for every one of my children. I speak and say, go speak to this one or pray for that one. My people are too busy. They put it off and souls are lost because they will not obey me. When Jesus said that, I went before him. I knelt down and repented of my failures. Then Jesus said to me again, come up hither. It seemed as if we went, I went with him through the air until we came to a beautiful city. We did not actually go into the city, but we beheld it at close range as one might go up on a mountain and look down on a city in the valley. Its beauty was beyond words. Jesus said that people selfishly say they are ready for heaven. They talk about their mansions and the glories of heaven while many around them live in darkness and hopelessness. Jesus said I should share my hope with them and invite them to come to heaven with me. Then Jesus turned to me and said, now let us go down to hell. We came back down to heaven, and when we get, came, when we got to the earth, we didn't stop there, but kept going. Numerous scriptures in the Bible refer to hell as being beneath us. For example, hell from beneath is me, moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Thou shalt be brought down to hell, Isaiah fourteen verses nine and fifteen. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself, in, enlarged herself, and he shall descend into it, Isaiah five fourteen. We went down to hell. And as we went down into that place, I saw what appeared to be human beings wrapped in flames. I said, Lord, this looks just like it did when I died and came to this place in April 22nd, 1933. You spoke and I came back out of here. I then repented and prayed, seeking your forgiveness, and you saved me. Only now I feel so different. I'm neither afraid nor horrified as I was then. Jesus told me, warn men and women about this place and I cried out with tears that I would. He then brought me back to earth and I became aware that I was kneeling on the platform by the folding chair and Jesus was standing at my side. And he stood there, he talked to me about my ministry and told me some things in general that he later explained in more detail in another vision. Then Jesus disappeared and I realized I was still kneeling on the platform and I could hear people praying all around me. Then he went into the next phase of the experience that he had. But here's the point, brothers and sisters, is that now is a great time to get the gospel out. And you'll never know this side of heaven, the far-reaching effects that you are going to have and the reward that's going to meet you when you go to see Jesus one of these days. Amen? That's why there's such a great urgency, because the world's crying out to hear the good news that we have, right? And, and it's so easy to be caught up in the affairs of life and be thinking about ourselves that we're not thinking about other people that are, they leave this earth, they're not going to the same place that we're going. They're not going to a godless eternity. They're going to a real hell. They're going to a real hell. And God wants us to be able to take the good news to people. Amen? Yes. Amen? So, Lord, today we do thank you. Help us to be better and better soul winners in the days ahead. And Lord, keep that fire burning bright on the inside of us to tell others the good news that we have. And we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? There's a ripple effect of what you and I do. Amen? So praise the Lord. Pick up those tracks downstairs. That was a long, that was quite a, Uh, A lengthy telling about that. I realize that, but it's really important because now people are just the the, the world's full of panic. They're so panicky, right? So we're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But let's don't forget about the uh, bumper uh, the bumper magnets either. I say bumper magnets uh, the magnets that go on the side of the car. All right, there's some I think in the back and of course downstairs. But let's go ahead receive our morning tithes and offerings. Man, glory to God. How many of you believe that? Let's go to our feet together. Lord, we do believe that. We know that you've delivered us from the hand of the enemy. And the Father God, we don't have anything to be afraid of because you're with us. You are the one who comforts us in any type of tribulation that we would find ourselves in. And so today, Lord, in the next bit of time, I thank you for helping me to articulate the things that you put on my heart to share today with the congregation, that we would be strengthened with might in our inner man, that every one of us, Father, would be able to go from faith to even more faith in you. And Father, we'll give you all glory, honor, and praise as we look to you And look to the Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That he is the one that stabilizes us because he's rescued us. Because he's our helper. And he lives now on the inside of us. So today, Lord, open up the eyes of our understanding and help us today. As we look into the perfect law of liberty. And receive from you everything you have for us. And we give you all praise, honor, and glory. For that, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. And as we always do, we're going to just go with the flow. I said we're going to go with the flow. Amen. But I believe the Lord wants to speak some things, say some things today. Encourage us, right? Because we're living in the greatest hour of the history of the church. And the days we're living in are great days because Jesus is coming soon. And before he comes, he wants us to reach more and more souls with a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today... I want to look at Hebrews 10 and verse 35. It says, Paul writing to the Hebrew believers, he said, "'Cast not away therefore your confidence, "'which hath great recompense of reward. "'For you have need of patience "'that after you have done the will of God, "'you might receive the promise. "'For you have for yet a little while, "'and he that shall come will come and will not tarry.'" Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. It's a wonderful passage of scripture to put us into remembrance of what confidence does when we have it in God. There's a great payday. There's a great recompense of reward. Today, I want to share with you on keeping the biblical perspective in our last day's walk of faith. Keeping a biblical perspective in our last day's walk of faith. Now, the scripture says here in verse 38, Hebrews 10, it says, now the just shall live by faith. First of all, who is just? Who is just? Those who have been declared righteous. Those who are children of God. Those who have been born again. And it's accomplished by faith in God. But he says here that the just or those righteous ones, those born again, children of God, shall live By faith. How? They're to live by faith. Faith in who? Faith in God. Of course, Jesus said in Mark 11, he talked about when he cursed the fig tree, he said, have faith in God. There's never a time that the Bible tells us that we should not have faith in God. There's never a situation that we'll find ourselves in in this world, this present world, this last day's world, there's never a situation that we'll find ourselves in that the scriptures would tell us that we shouldn't have so much faith in God. But the scriptures do tell us that we should have faith in God, that he is a constant, that he is a never changing, totally reliable God in whom we serve. So we're supposed to live by faith. In other words, we're supposed to look to God and trust him at all times. He is the stability of our times. He is our helper. He's the one that took our feet out of the miry clay and put it on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. He's the one that redeemed us from all the hand of the enemy. And having a biblical perspective in these last days is one that will ongoingly challenge us to continue to move higher into a greater life of faith in the one we are going to meet one day in heaven. Or if Jesus appears before we lay this body down, we're going to see him in the air and we're going to meet him. That is the great hope that we have. But today, we need to look at the scriptures and see the revel of relevance of the times in which we live. Paul talked about perilous times in these last days. In other words, treacherous times. And those days are upon us. They've been on us, but it's brought a heightened awareness in the last few weeks with what's going on, not only in our country, but around the world. With the virus, with the deaths with all the different things that we know actually comes from our enemy, the devil. We know that Jesus has legally redeemed us. He's legally bought and paid for everything we need this side of heaven. But our faith in God in these last days, brothers and sisters, needs to be steadfast. The scripture tells us And you can mark this down in Psalms 118, verses 8 and 9. It tells us in Psalm 118, 8 and 9, it says, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Now when he speaks here, he talks generally of man or humans. That doesn't mean you should not ever trust a human being. He's talking generally that our confidence in God is so much higher than any human being we could have confidence in that it pales in comparison. And that goes to say that not just men and women in general, but also when he brings out here princes. Who's a prince? A prince is a leader. It's one that's in a position of authority. So even as good a leaders as we can have, and of course we pray for them, we still have to have ultimate confidence and trust in God. Because after all, the Bible says that the just shall live how? By faith. By faith. faith. How could we ever live by faith if we really didn't know what the will of God was? Well, we couldn't. And that would be unjust of God to ask us to do such a thing. But thank God that he has given us a knowledge of his will. And so we can, as believers, read from the scriptures and see, yes, we have perilous times. Yes, we have uh, tumultuous things going on to our left and to our right. Thank the Lord for Psalm 91. Amen. Amen. And we've shared on this in the last few services about many of these things that I will not fear. I will not fear. And one of the great scriptures that we need to have in our spiritual arsenal is God has not given me the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Why? Because Romans chapter five tells us the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So the love of God is put on the inside of us. And whose love would that be? That would be the love of the father because he loves us. And Jesus said, lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world and Aren't you glad that the scripture tells us I'll be with you in trouble? So it doesn't matter what type of tumultuous times. No matter what's going on on the face of the earth. The Lord is the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Aren't you glad to know that? Now see that's truth that will set us free. It will make us free. And guess what? It will keep us free if we continually believe that. Just like we looked at from Matthew chapter 14 on Tuesday night. And soon you'll be able to go back and listen to that online. But the situation where Jesus came walking on the water to his disciples. The boat was going topsy-turvy. Michael would know about that. Being out on these big waves. You know, nothing steady. But here comes the steady one, Jesus. Walking on the water. And guess what? Peter asked him, said, Lord, if it be you, bid me come. And he goes walking out there with Jesus. Right in the midst of the storm, he's walking on the waves that are boasting, looking fearful. Every reason in the natural to be afraid. And yet he goes out there right to where Jesus is at. Lord, if it be thou, bid me come. And Jesus just simply says, come. And he goes right to him. The Bible tells us that when he began to sink, that he, all he said was, Lord, save me. Those are two of the greatest words that you can have in your spiritual vocabulary in troublesome times. Lord, save me. In other words, Lord, I acknowledge that you're right there with me, no matter what's going on around me. Hallelujah. And that's cause for much rejoicing. Amen. Because the Lord doesn't lie. The Bible tells us in Titus chapter 1 that it's impossible for God to lie. You can find, you can find one time where God lied in the word of God. You could, you could dispute the whole thing. But guess what? You cannot find one place where God ever lied. Right? Hallelujah. He is the faithful one. The faithfulest of all faithfulness that could ever be seen is the Lord God Almighty, the one in whom we serve. Amen. Amen. But our perspective in these last days is so important. How many of you have been to the grocery store lately? (laughs) Of course, most of you. How many of you saw some of the same things that I've seen? Shelves empty, people acting like the world's coming to an end this next week. I mean, really, quantities, they're, they're limiting several goods, you know, you can only buy one of these or, you know, if you can find it, you can buy one. But what we notice is people are so afraid. Now, this speaks to exactly what we have been sharing here the last few services. To have, a, to have this calmness and to have this peace that the Lord doesn't bail out when it gets topsy-turvy here in this world. We can always depend upon him. He's there to help us every step of the way. So you go to the grocery store and people are just, you know, they're just they, they're panicky. And really what you see is a manifestation of hoarding, of greed. Because why? They're selfish. They want to make sure people want to, I'm, I got enough for me, Right. I dare say that most people that go there to buy 20 of this or 20 of that, they're really not thinking about, you know, I need 20 so I can give them away. Right? Right? Now, see, if you if you if they said quantity is limited to five, and you went there to the store clerk checking out and you had 20, they'd probably allow you to buy 20 if you told them that I'm I'm not buying them to me, but I'm going to give them out to other people. They may just kind of look at you and check their spirit and say, I believe them. (laughs) And hopefully if you told them that you would actually do that, right? But really you look at what's going on in the world today. It's easy for a believer to lose the biblical perspective that they need to have about really what's going on. The devil wants to dominate our society and dominate this country around the world also. But we're talking about what's here in this country with a spirit of fear. Because fear stops progress. Batting down the hatches. You know, find your bunker. Right? I mean how many of you read about the, the super rich going and chartering planes to go to their private bunker this last week? You read about that? Do you see it? Absolutely. You think it's funny, but you know, and and you know, we've had some laughs here the last Weak, not laughing at people, but hopefully with people. Because I think it's a, lo- a lot of this stuff is comical. It really is. Because again, people think the end of the world's coming. They're, they're, they're just like, wow, you know, what's, what's next? And of course, we understand that the world is going to be fearful. Because they don't have Jesus. But God forbid that we as believers become like the world. The Bible says we're in the world, but not of the world. Right? Now we've got, and some of these things aren't in exact sequential order, but now we've got, you know, a lot of this, what they call now social distancing. And all it is, is basically, it, 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 when you see the ploy of the enemy, we can say, well, it's this, and it's this virus, and it's that. But it's a, the devil uses a ploy to isolate people. Like for example, Mario Murillo was going to have a crusade down in Chico, California, and he had to cancel it. He even, he had people that were volunteering, flying in to help him with the tent meeting. And then he got the notification from one of his people helping set up the the tent meeting that you have to you have to have social distancing of, you know, now of course, Washington, Oregon, California, you can't have over 250 people in a congregation or a meeting place. And so you know, of course, a lot of churches today, over, over 250, they are not even meeting today. Somebody asked, well, what if you had, we don't yet, but what if you had over uh, 250 people? We well, had 400 people or whatever. I'd said, guess what? Immediately, I know what to do. You go to two services. That's pretty easy. <laughs> Amen? It's easy. Everybody say it's easy. It's easy. See, there's more, there's, there's more solutions than there are problems, Amen. especially when God's on the inside of you, Amen. right? Because you got the greater one, you got the win, one who's the, the master creator of all things. The one who has perfect ingenuity about every situation to know what to do and how to do it. Amen? Aren't you glad for that? So so the social distancing, so you had to have six feet apart. Well, everybody has to be six feet apart in the building. Could you imagine <laughs> trying to keep everybody six feet apart in the building? Everybody stand up here, everybody gets six feet apart and remain that way for the next couple hours. I mean, really? That's pretty tough to do. But anyway, so, but what it does is it hinders the gospel from, from going forth, right? Because people get the idea, well, I can't be around other people because, you know, I might get sick. And of course, I'm not saying it in a light way that people can't get sick with the coronavirus or any other type of virus. But the fact of the matter is, is look at this. We have had so many different things from the H1N1 swine flu back in 29 and 2010. And I, you know, I could go down the list of all these different, uh, these different flu things that people have. None of them I'm minimizing as far as it hurts people's lives. It, 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 it takes people out. I'm not minimizing that. But look at the entourage of fear that this particular one has caused. Why? You don't think the devil's behind that? You bet he is. Now he uses people and people become pawns. But I say this today, believers, that we have to be wise in what we do in these last days and keep a biblical perspective in these days in which we live, walking by faith in God and not begin to just follow the world As the ways of the world go, because actually we haven't seen anything yet as far as what we're going to see, as far as some, some shaky times and different things going on. Amen. I don't say that to alarm anybody. I'm just saying this as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us about some of these things, right? So it's important to realize this. The Bible tells us in second Corinthians five and verse seven, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. What we see sightwise nowadays, and especially in the last few weeks, is so many people afraid. So many people are just, you know, they're up and armed. What are we going to do yet? Uh, ban this. Can't do this. And then you hear, if you, if you listen to the news media all day long, and you're just looking, you know, what's the latest statistic? What's the latest this? We ought to turn that a focus and attention into the Word of God and look into the perfect law of liberty. We need to focus and put our faith in who God is because the truth, if the truth be told, there's a lot of things that could take us out. I said a lot of things could take us out. This is just, this is just one thing of many things. And so we have to keep the right perspective about really what's going on. If, if, if the economy gets shut down, people lose jobs, people get hurt. Think about this, think with me. And the the, the whole nation hurts. The whole world hurts, right? Because people are afraid. I don't want to go to work. And and then places get shut down because they can't work, right? Some places have already done that. So what's our perspective to be? That's what we're talking about today. So this perspective of faith is strong faith in God in these last days. Hebrews chapter 3, if you back up just a little bit there, I know you're in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 3, it tells us, Starting in verse 12, it says that, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So God doesn't want us to be enveloped in unbelief that God's not around. What's going around? You know, it's like this one years ago, you might've heard this story, but this, this, uh, this, this story was asked, you know, told to this one person said, you know, well, you know, this world is all mixed up. And if God's in charge, because how many of you have ever heard that people say, you know, God's in charge of everything. God's in charge, right? The sovereignty of God. God's in charge. One little kid spoke up and he said, well, if God's in charge, he sure does have everything in a mess. But the Bible says, now think about the wisdom in that. But the Bible says that God's not the author of confusion. But of peace. But of peace. He's not the author of confusion. So anything that emulates fear, the spirit of fear, then we're not going to be sound-minded in what we're doing in life. Now, so we see there our heart can turn away from God. When times are... In upheaval. Jesus told his disciples, and I made mention of this uh, the other night, but it bears repetition in Luke 16, where Jesus, after he arose from the dead and he appeared to the 11, it says that he went to them and he upbraided them. Mark 16, verse 14. For their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them that had seen him When he arose. So right now. I mean times. Were topsy-turvy. Topsy-turvy. Back then. Right? Jesus being crucified. And he rose from the dead. All this commotion going on. And Jesus told his disciples. Who had been with him. For three and a half years. Saw the dead raised. And saw all these mighty miracles. And Jesus. He upbraided them. The Bible says. In other words, he rebuked them. He, in other words, he give them a good scolding. And he said, why did, why for their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they refused to believe those that had told them that he had been raised from the dead. But he had already forecasted, he had already foretold that he was gonna be raised from the dead, right? So he, he, he got after him. Well, we need to have our faith in God Amen. at all times. Matthew 24, verse 7 talks about the different things that would be happening in the last days. Earthquakes, pestilences, pestilences a plague, right? And many other things. And Luke even tells us how people would have their hearts failing them for fear because of the things that come on the face of the earth. And so people get afraid. And, of course, the world does that. They don't have the Lord. They don't know the Lord like you and I do. But the Bible tells us in Psalm 112, verse 7, it says, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Amen. So what is evil tidings? Evil tidings are, is getting bad reports, a bad doctor's report, a bad business report, a bad, you know, something to do with your family report. All of these different things, the Lord, praise God, has got us covered. We don't have to worry about things that the Lord's already taken care of for us. All we need to do is trust. Everybody say, trust. We're supposed to trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3 5, with all of our heart and lean not unto our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all our ways, and he would do what? Direct our paths. So we trust with all of our heart, not our head. But as the psalmist said there, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings when a bad report comes, when something that you weren't expecting, even as James said in James 1, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Right? So we have things, an onslaught of things in our world that have really been ongoing for a long, long time, ever since, you know the beginning of the fall of man, a lot of different commotions and different things, but specifically in our day in which we're living. So the world swept with fear, but the Bible tells us that we shouldn't be afraid. Anytime that Jesus came to his disciples, whether he appeared to them or come to them, he always told them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So we shouldn't be afraid. So the world has to deal with things the best they can. But we know as Bible believers that the scriptures are true. Amen. Amen. So in the natural, you look at things because sometimes you, you just have to sit, sit back and you've got to look at things for what they are. Right. And you start analyzing by running it through what the word of God says. About the different things going on. And you start thinking about things. Yesterday. I, yesterday morning early. I'm up praying. Meditating. And I just started writing. About six pages. Of notes. Just bullet point. Different things. About the all all the stuff coming out. And all the stuff. That's trying to even get Christians caught up in it. As far as. Unbelief and fear. And God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So we have to look at things with the Bible glasses on. In other words, how does God think about things and the truth of God's word? Uh, One thing I was thinking about is that good hygiene. Good hygiene. Now, since when should we have started practicing good hygiene? Like washing your hands. I mean, it's just like, yeah, all our lives. This is not a new thing. Now we realize that, you know, you get into third world countries and different places. They may not have the ability to do some of these things, but it's like now, which it is a good thing as a reminder, people wash their hands, Right. And so people just like, wash your hands, okay? Oh I touched somebody. Touch okay. Now you know he's fearful if he gets up right away and goes to the back to get the perel, you know? Oh, he touched me. He touched me. A good point that they brought out is when you're washing your hands, say the Lord's Prayer. While you're washing your hands. It takes twenty seconds to say the Lord's Prayer while you're washing your hands. You can do that, yeah. That's what that's a good way, yep. Yeah. But washing the hands. Don't touch anybody. Again, be isolated. Now, isn't this interesting? As, okay, we're going to use good hygiene, so that's going to protect us. Well, that's it's always good to have good hygiene, right? But the point here is, brothers and sisters, is we got to look beyond whatever we can do in the natural to the one who's got us covered. Amen. We need to look to the Lord and have our total dependence on him even if we got our shoes tied straight and tied right and we got did everything right in the natural we still have to look to him he's got to be the backdrop of where our true faith resides because the things of the natural can cause us to be even short come up short so we shouldn't fear We're in this world. We're ambassadors for Christ, but we're not of this world. Think about this. Hebrews 10 says, in verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see that day approaching. Now see, look at this as I mentioned a moment ago that you can't spread the gospel when you're isolated from everybody. That's right. And the Bible doesn't tell us to isolate. The Bible tells us as believers to congregate. Mm-hmm. In other words, come together. Now, didn't God in his foreknowledge about everything know that there were going to be uncertain times and there was going to be diseases and bacteria and all kinds of viruses and all kinds of goofy stuff going on, devil-inspired stuff going on in the world in these last days? Did this take God by surprise? Of course not. So, and this is why I say it's the devil, because look at this, the fear, the pandemonium that it causes everybody to get in a ruckus and an uproar about things. And oh, by the way, you think about it. You go and, and you go to the store and there's no toilet paper. It shows. Have you ever seen any of those? Now, yes, some people can get diarrhea and stuff from the flu and different things. But by and large, that's not a problem. So what's up with the toilet paper? I mean, think about it. I mean, this is just... And then, you know, of course, people taking the wipes, you know, the, the sanitizing wipes. Think about that when people take those that basically were intended for babies, changing the diapers and wiping the babies. Now now mothers don't have the stuff to, to uh, take care of their kids like they should, right? Right? So i got to have 10 of these packs, you know? I'm not saying you shouldn't wash your hands, right? But think about it. That's just kind of a side thought. But the Lord has got us covered. Think about this. Mark 16, it says, after Jesus, of course, scolded them, he told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He said, he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who believes not shall be damned. He said, and these signs are going to follow them that believe. In my name, they're going to cast out devils. They're going to speak with new tongues. They're going to take up serpents, which means it's not snake handling. It means you got authority over the devil, right? And then the next thing is very, very valuable to know and have in your heart. He said, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. If, everybody say if, if if I drink, partake of any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. It will not not hurt me. 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 So it's not going to hurt us. Now, this is not going out trying to tempt the Lord, you know, going and, you know, the Tualatin River and saying, I'm just going to check it out and drink the Tualatin River or the Willamette River. I mean, you know, I always get it. I always find it amusing when they come out and say, oh, the, the Willamette River is contaminated today. It's like, what day is it not contaminated? What day do you want to go swimming in there? What day? Right? It's contaminated. Right? So think about it. But if you drink something deadly, that means if you partake or ingest something that would otherwise be deadly to you and kill you, that God's got you covered that God's going to take care of you. Right? Now, who's supposed to claim this? We are. Who? We are. are. So should we be afraid? Should we be afraid? Now, see, now think about this. How many of you ever worked in a restaurant? Oh, several of you have worked in a restaurant. I worked in a restaurant, started out washing dishes. Mm -hmm. When I was a teenager, how many of you ever had to wash dishes? How many of you still wash dishes? If you're a good husband, you do, right? Amen. You help out when you can, right? Amen. No, you don't? Oh, the dishwasher. Okay. Right, you put them in the dishwasher. Well, that's you wash dishes. You just had a little help along the way. But, you know, I start off washing dishes. And then, you know, the man, he, he was a Greek man, and he taught me, you know, how to cook and everything like that in some things. And the stuff that goes on in restaurants would just absolutely blow you away. Mm -hmm. Now, I know it's coming up to lunchtime shortly, but I'm going to tell you this anyway, that you go out and eat. You don't know how fresh the food is. You don't know where the cook's hands have been. You don't know how close that perhaps the health department may be to closing down that place. You don't. I could elaborate on all of those different things. Now, I'm not putting restaurants or the restaurant business down. I'm just saying as a matter of practical uh, speaking that there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that we don't know about. But we have to trust, right? That's why we pray over our food, right? Right? I thank you, Lord, for blessing this food to the nourishment of my body. I thank you, Lord, for keeping sickness and disease away from my midst and the number of days you fulfill. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I pray over food, especially when I don't know who's prepared it, I pray over and believe. I said I pray and believe. I pray and believe. Right? And that's a good, that's a good way to live. Now, we shouldn't be afraid, right? I mean, if, if we know some place is not a good place, but you don't want to be a part of that. But, man, I'm telling you what, so I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to do it to you. But I could say a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you just don't even, you don't want to think about. We're supposed to think on good things, right? Think on good things today. Now, somebody got plans to go out to eat. Now you're kind of having, well, maybe I better not do that today. Maybe I'd better go do something else. No, go ahead and do it. Unless the Lord tells you not to. But think about this. So we're supposed to not isolate, but congregate. We're supposed to remember that if anything that we would partake of would be deadly and hurtful, that we could, in the name of Jesus, claim protection over it. Not just because we're in a third world country, but anywhere we're at on the face of the earth. Amen. Another thing we see from Mark 16 and James 5 is that if we isolate, how many of you know that one of the things that we do here is we minister to the sick? Right? Right? Because why? Because the Lord said to do that. He said, I give you power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Right? Luke, Luke chapter 9 verse 1 and then Luke chapter 10 verse 19. says, I give you authority over to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing and nothing and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we're not going to be hurt. I said, we're not going to be hurt by the power of the devil, right? And his to Because why does the devil come? The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. So we have sick people come. Marvelous things happen. Wonderful healings. People heal the cancer, all kinds of stuff we've had here in the church. Amen? Any type of damnable disease. Sometimes you have to stand. But here's the point. So it says, you, you shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. But is there a little addendum on that? You shall lay hands as a believer on the sick and they shall recover, going into all the world. Is there a little addendum on that that says, well, you can lay hands on the sick as long as they don't have something that's contagious and that could take you out as well as take them out? Is there a qualifier? How about this one in James 5? is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick or heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Now, so does that mean that, you know, as an elder, that if somebody calls me to anoint them with oil, that I need to check their temperature before I pray for them? That I need to go check, well, do you have some communicable disease that I might uh, be infected with? And, you know, God forbid, but if you do, maybe I should just pray for you at a distance. And instead of anointing you with oil, type of the Holy Ghost, and touching you, actually, that I shouldn't do that. But I ought to keep my distance. You need to stay quarantined. Think about the idiotic of that. Think about Jesus when the leper came to him. And said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And the leper, he was quarantined from just being out a part of society, right? Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus immediately, I will be thou and touched him. Everybody say, and touched him. But didn't he know he had leprosy? Was he afraid of getting leprosy? Now, I want to, this is why in the overview, because brothers and sisters, we've got to keep the overview. Of what's going on? The devil wants to shut down the getting out of the gospel because Jesus is coming back. So he'll do it any way he can through the economy, through some sickness, a disease, whatever. But the devil's behind this because he, wanna, he wants to mess things up to hinder or thwart the harvest coming in in these last days. So guess what we got to do? We've got to be wise to it. And we've got to say, no, devil, you know what? As a matter of fact, I, I, in the boldness of Jesus Christ, I'm going to go pray for people. Now, again, I don't say that you shouldn't go see a doctor or a nurse or go, uh, if you're not feeling good, go get checked out. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that we have to have enough wisdom to understand how the devil tries to use us as a pawn to just fit into the world system and say, well, you know, you need to isolate now. You need to be careful about yourself. In other words, it's, it's back to self-preservation. It's about instead of getting focused on the people that really need help. And who do you think God can use to get help to the people that really need it? Us right here. Us right here. See, because you got the power of God on the inside of you. You, got, you can You can step out and you can lay hands on the sick. Well, if, you're, if, if you are tortured by the spirit of fear and because you're not sure if God still really wants you to do that, then you're going to be less likely, less prone to take a bold step of faith and say, you know what? God's not... God. Jesus whipped this disease uh, 2,000 years ago. And you know what? If you will believe, I will believe with you and I'll lay hands on you. And in the mighty name of Jesus... That disease, that damnable thing is going to be driven out of your body. And he's going to make you well. Now see, that's the mentality that we need to have in these last days. That's the way we need to think about this. Because the time is short. I said the time is short. Now think about this. So if we get, you get it, the hospitals. People say, well, go to the hospital. Well, the precious doctors and nurses are overwhelmed with people that really, you know, if somebody... Several years ago now, or not several years ago, a few years ago when Stephen had that situation, we had to wait almost four hours in the emergency room. Now, there was nothing out of the ordinary going on, but just a normal day at the emergency room. Four hours. Everybody say four hours. But now, think about if somebody has a heart attack, somebody has this going on, some life-threatening thing where they can be cut out, but the doctors and nurses can't get to them. Because their, their time's taken up by all this other stuff. Do you see the irrational s- situation we got ourselves in? And then people go to the, 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 the hospital and they think, boy, if I can just get to the hospital, when they really don't know that a lot of times in the hospital, it's a more deadly place to be than staying at home. Amen. Because you got staph infections and you got all kinds of stuff that people can pick up there. Because why? You got a bunch of sick people there. And I'm not saying don't go to the hospital. I'm just saying, understand the significance of believing God. And standing strong in faith in these last days. Because the time is short. I said the time is short. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We don't want to miss the overview of we, the justified ones, living by faith. Walking by faith. Trusting you in everything that we do in our life. Help us, Lord God, to stay strong. Father, I pray for every person here today. I want you to stand to your feet. And I want to lead you in a confession. And say it not just because you're saying words, but say it out of your heart. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you have not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. So today I thank you, Lord, that my faith as a believer is in you. I trust you with all of my heart and believe your word that you are the length and the strength of all my days. I thank you, Lord, for protection that faith in you works, that I can resist any type of sickness, any type of germ, bacteria, virus, any type of thing that comes against me in the name of Jesus. And by the name of Jesus, He took that to the cross so that I would not need to bear it. And by his stripes, I was healed. So thank you, Lord, that you are my healer. You are my miracle worker. You are my helper. You are my strengthener. You're my guide. You're my peace. You're my protection in these last days. So I trust you. I do things in the natural that are appropriate. But I don't give way to the spirit of fear. Because you don't lead me by fear. You lead me by peace. And you want me to take that peace and the good news of the gospel out to the world. And you don't want me to be afraid. So I thank you, Lord, for a quickening, a strengthening, and you being my help. In these last days. Make me a blessing. Help me reach people. And tell the good news. Of the gospel. And I will not fear. I will not fear. Anything. Because you're with me. You're on my side. And I believe what your word says. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now lift your hands and thank him. Lord we do believe that. And thank you today for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your protection, perfect protection. Thank you, Jesus. Now, one thing I'll tell you, just as uh, I said this a little bit last night before we dismissed, or not last night, but last Tuesday, John Alexander Dowie, when he had his church in Newton, which is a suburb of Sydney, Australia, he had 40 church members that he had already buried. He did not have revelation about the healing power of God. He didn't know what was going on. And so he cries out to God, and I'm just giving you the short story of this. He cries out to God, and the Lord says, Acts 10.38. So he went to his Bible, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And from that day forward, he went immediately after that revelation, to pray for a young lady who was convulsing, who was foaming at the mouth uh, because the bubonic plague was on, you see. And I mean, people were really, 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 really sick. I mean, if you see somebody foaming at the mouth and, and, and three-quarters of the way dead, wouldn't you be tempted to, I'm not going to go in there and lay hands on them and pray them because no, I'm going to get some virus. He went in there, prayed for the girl, lived, never lost one other church member. Never lost one other church member. Why? Because he knew that the greater one was on the inside of him, and it was the devil stealing. Now see, you go out from here today with that same confidence in the Lord that the greater one's on the inside of you, no weapon formed against you can prosper, and you become the devil's worst nightmare. Because instead of running from the devil back, and I'm not saying any of you are running from him, but that is what the devil wants to try to encroach on Christianity nowadays is, you know, don't meet, don't get together, don't be around me because you never know what might happen. No, I know what's going to happen. The Bible says, if any two of you uh, agree as touching anything, it shall be done. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my midst, there I am. So if you get together with somebody else, I'm here with my brother. Guess who's here with us? Jesus. Jesus. He's in us, but he's with us, and he's watching right then. Now, see, how does this work? It works if we believe it. Now, if you doubt it, you'll walk away and say, No, nah, I don't know about that. Then look out, batten down the hatches. Because it won't work right. It won't work right. Now, sometimes you've got to stand. Sometimes you've got to stand. You'll have different things try to come against you. And the devil always say, Oh, you got the coronavirus. You, you, you start, you sneeze. Oh, that's... The devil says, Oh, you got the virus. Oh, you got the virus. Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just the slightest thing. And he's sitting on your shoulder saying, Oh, you, you probably got that. And you know, the devil, he is such a masterful liar. He's, he lies to so many people. And, they, they, and the sad thing is, so many times people believe it. So if you refuse... Just believe what God said. Believe that he's with you. Believe he's for you. Believe he's on the inside of you, working through you. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what, that no weapon formed against you can prosper and you go out and as you spread the gospel and you tell people, you could smile at people and tell them, you know what? I understand because you don't know the one that I know but he loves you and he wants to help you and he wants to reach you and change and revolutionize your life. I was once afraid, but I'm not afraid anymore because now I know the one who took away all my fear. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said, glory to God. Amen. That's good news, isn't it? Amen. So as we go from here today, I'm going to dismiss. If you do need agreement with prayer for anything, we'll be glad to, to pray with you here as we dismiss. We've got a ministry helps meeting at 12 noon. But as we go from here, remember these words. Father God, I thank you right now. As we pray for our nation, as we look to you, we thank you that we're not afraid. We're not afraid of whatever comes, of any plague that the Lord, our Lord Jesus, told about, pestilences, all these different things coming. That's just a sign of the times. Ongoingly, because they've been happening. It's not like this is something new. It's a new strain. But Lord, we know. In who we believe. We believe in you. So as we go from here today, help us to remember that and stand against the spirit of fear if or when it comes against us and tries to assail us and torture us in our mind and say, devil, I resist you. I resist the spirit of fear. I resist it. I'm not afraid of anything. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for that right now. Make us a blessing as we go from here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.